Welcome, you're listening to the rest of the sermon, a podcast where we dive deeper in content and conversation of last Sunday's sermon at Westside in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For more information, you can visit our website at westsidepb.org. All right, welcome back to the rest of the sermon. We are so glad that you guys are with us today. Hey, listen, before we get to the podcast that I'm super excited about, I've got to update us. Um, The last podcast, if you didn't listen, you need to go back and take a listen to it, was my very favorite guests of all time. It was the Rap Pack. It was Roman, Andy, Piper, and Courtney. It was my family, and it was awesome. And randomly during that podcast, Roman, our firstborn, decided to do the very first giveaway of all time on the podcast. And he asked a question and said, which is the oldest coin in my coin collection? He likes to collect coin and stamps. He talked about that. He threw out some numbers and said, send us an email at info at westsidepb.org and the winner would get $20. Well, like after the podcast, I was like, Roman, who, where's the 20 bucks coming from, buddy? Like, I mean, it was this whole thing. So we had people send in, we had people send in emails and the winner of the giveaway is Miss Millie West, ladies and gentlemen. Miss Millie West was the first person to send in. Well, technically, she texted my wife, and then my wife was like, I think you got to send in an email. So then she sent in an email. The year was 1880. That was the coin. That was the winner, Miss Millie West. I have no idea how you're getting this money or where this money is even coming from. But anyway, you are the winner. Hey, guys, I'm so excited for today's podcast. Um, Since Tyler's been out, on his sabbatical, I've just been talking to people that I enjoy talking to. And our guest today is the reason why I'm wearing some Air Jordans. He is one of my closest friends. He's one of the only guys that I can text a pair of shoes, a theological question, a question about the sermon, and something about a controversy with a rapper or something like that. He's the only guy that I can do all those things. Ladies and gentlemen, the pastor of Bluff First, Mr. TJ Woodard. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How are you, man? I'm good. I think the winner got $20 and the loser got to follow your kids on the podcast. <laughs> How am I no, going to follow that? No, dude, it was good. It was a short podcast. It was only like 30 minutes, which is what I was thinking. That oh, the, they crushed it. Well, the chaos, it was kind of like controlled chaos yeah. kind of a thing. And the big fight was they all hated when the other person was talking, <laughs> when they had to wait to talk. Yeah. Like Piper, of course, she's last. So it went Roman, it went Andy, and then it went Piper. And the whole time in here, Piper had this scowl on her face. She's tapping her foot. <laughs> While Roman, <laughs> and then it came her time and she like totally froze. So TJ Woodard, how are you, man? I'm great, man. I'm good, really dude. good. It's good to see you. Hey, good listen, out. you are the only other, um, I mean, Parker was on. And so you, you and Parker are the only other like pastors, other staff members at other churches that have ever been on the rest of the sermon, bro. Wow. Yeah, dude. 
This Ab- is hollowed ground. This is hollowed ground, my friend. Okay, let's this do is, it. Yeah, dude, absolutely. TJ, you are a Elsinore native. Yeah, well, sort of. I'm from the suburbs. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Break half, your story yeah, down, yeah, TJ. Yeah. Break your story down for absolutely. us. Absolutely. I grew up uh, halfway between Elsinore and Van Buren, kind of okay. out, out in the country. My dad's a truck driver. Nice. Um, I'm the oldest of my mom's three kids. She's a stay-at-home mom. Awesome. Really quick pause. Yeah. You have this idea about the dopest tattoo sleeve I think I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I'm, and, not, I'm and, not gonna pull it off though. But but the reason why I wanna interject this is because you talked about your dad being the truck driver. Okay, yeah, Tell yeah. Tell yeah. me about if you were ever to sleeve out, if, okay. they, if they were like, hey TJ, here's a bank account, 10 grand, you've got permission, everything's good, your tattoo sleeve, what would it be? Yeah, if I'm gonna sleeve it out okay. and I'm not gonna offend my grandma or anybody sure. else. sure. Um, I'm going where's Waldo style. Yes. Okay. Like the scene from a book, just yep. hundreds of little characters and objects and yep. landmarks, all kinds of images, but it's all stuff from my life. Oh. So my dad's truck, my tree house as a kid, oh. different pets, different people might throw, you know, some sports, yes. some athletes in there that I like some air J ones yep. in there. Might somewhere. throw you in there. I don't Let's know. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. So, I mean, it's probably not going to happen. But. I think what we just did is somebody's getting tatted. Yeah, probably. We gave it away. Thanks. We, we gave it away. You can interview them on the podcast. And and you can send in the royalty to PayPal info. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so continue. Your dad was a truck driver. Yeah. I had to interject because I love that story. Sure. Yeah. I mean, are you just want like are you want to hear the faith story or you? Yeah. Wanna, so okay. I want to hear where you grew up, and then I want to hear. Um, I love how how'd you come to meet Jesus because that's close. Yeah. Where you were at and all of that good stuff. Yeah, it's kind of a journey, man. I can't tell you the exact moment um, that I really met Jesus. I know some people have that like light come on and it's very obvious for them. Parker said that I have a road to Damascus experience and Parker has a road to Emmaus. Yes, absolutely. Jesus walked with him in that journey. It's a good, I I, I like that a lot. I like that analogy and, and the road to Emmaus is like, one of my two or three favorite Bible stories. So I might steal that. Have you been to Israel? Yeah, I have. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Those of you who are friends listen to that. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. My friends love to make fun of me for that. Elsinore Van Buren. Yeah. Halfway between Elsinore and Van Buren. It's currently OO Highway. Used to be Highway 60 right there. Nice. Um, There was a little church down the street from us and that was really, or the street, the gravel road. Right. I get it. Um, That was my only exposure to Jesus. Uh, Sweet little church, older people, they would welcome me to their vacation Bible school or whatever. Wow. But my family wasn't really, you know, going to church, um, which is, you know, whatever. And so um, that was my only exposure, my only knowledge of Jesus. There was a painting of him in that yeah. you know, old church, which I have. I acquired Get that painting. Out. Yeah, it's awesome. That would be a possession my wife, Courtney, would lo- like love. Yeah. But I want to interject and say something. I know I've got some pastor friends who pastor in some rural environments who listen to this podcast, kind of smaller churches. And I think what you just said is massively important, and it does. it just needs recognition that where you're at today and the impact that you're making, and, and we'll get into all that in a minute, that this little church out in the country loved this little kid named TJ. And I love the idea, I think in this day and age with the James Rivers, which is awesome and their impact is incredible. And I thank God for those churches. Yeah. But dude, now that I'm pastoring and now that I've been in the game for a hot minute, I thank God for that church on OO Highway. 
Yeah, like, absolutely. Mount uh, Zion, Georgina Street was her name. Let's go, Stepping dude. over beer cans to invite me to church. Let's go. And, um, you know, I don't I don't know that I knew Jesus then, but but sure. it was a start, you know. Somebody loved you with the love of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love it, dude. Absolutely. So, uh, so that was my first exposure to Jesus, you know, and, and kind of like I didn't really know. I could walk down there. You know, yeah. I could ride my bike down there. It's just so down cool. the gravel road. Um, but then in middle school, I had a buddy I played basketball with and we kind of, like I said, we lived in the suburbs, right? So we're, yes. we're 10, 15 minutes outside of town. Yep. And so our parents would kind of take turns picking us up from basketball practice. Cause you know, it's 30 miles of, right. of gasoline. So, yes. um, and so it just so happened that if, if it was a Wednesday and it was my friend's turn to yeah. his parents' turn to give us a ride. Um, his dad was a leader of, of something called Royal Rangers, which is like okay. Christian Boy Scouts nice. um, at the First Assembly of God Church there in Elsinore. Okay. And so that was my first time setting foot in Elsinore First Assembly, just going to Boy yep. Scouts more or less once or twice a month. Thomas Hall was his name. And the pastor's daughter um, started kind of bugging me. Like, you need, I think she knew I needed Jesus. But, right. Amen. But she's Amen. like, you should, you should come to church. You should come to youth group. And I went a couple times and sure. there was, there was pizza and girls and high school girls and Mountain Dew. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. And so I was like, Oh, this isn't so bad. Um, but the real big game changer, um, that same year, I guess, probably like eighth grade or so they started talking about camp and mm. I, I took a form cause they were giving them out and there was, you know, stuff on there. I was like, okay, whatever. I've never been to camp no intentions of going. And then it wasn't like now, you know, summer hits and I'm bored. I, mean, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have an iPhone. Absolutely. And, uh, it's a d- yes, yeah. A please. whole different deal. So like yes. I, I played some video games. I, I went swimming. I did whatever. That's it. And like two weeks in the summer, it's like, what else do you do? Yep. And, um, and so I was sitting at home. I kept looking at that form and I was like, mom, I think I want to go to camp. And yeah. we didn't even have a phone number to call anybody. It sure. said what time they were leaving and what day. <laughs> and so I was like, maybe we just, you know, I don't know. And so I showed up with a suitcase and a hundred dollar bill. I was Let's like, go. can I go? Yeah. And they were like, uh, we'll make, yeah, we'll make it work. We'll Hold make on. room. Time out. Now you and I both being in student ministry, that, <laughs> yep. that, kid, was that kid stresses us out to yep. them. We never hear from him. We see him a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a medical form. Nope. He doesn't have doesn't anything. doesn't have his meds packed properly. But he wants to go to camp. Didn't bring a pillow. Nothing. Yeah. No swimsuit. Nothing. Right. But Love they made it. room for, and spent 40 bucks at the first gas station on beef jerky and <laughs> energy drinks. And yes. yeah, no, um, they, yeah. So they let me go. Yep. And I remember being, um, at cross point campground there in Rocky Mount, Missouri, up by Lake of the Ozarks. And they started singing and, and like, I was just crying and I didn't know wow. why. I didn't know why. And again, wow. I don't know. Is that when I met you? I don't know. It's a sure, journey. It's a journey. Sure. It's a journey. Um, but I, that was the first time I think I encountered the presence of God. I Amen. Think. Obviously the presence of God is everywhere, but the tangible, the manifest like, presence yeah, of God. I felt it. Yep. And, but I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And so I went home and tried to muster up all my willpower to live for Jesus. Yep. Um, but I don't have a Christian home. I don't have Christian friends. I don't have Christian teammates. I have one Christian teammate. Um, sorry, Tommy. And uh, <laughs> I just don't know how to do it, right? Yeah, man. So that kind of started a few years of high school of just trying to figure it out, living kind of event to event, camp sure. to camp, you yep. know, go to camp, go to convention, cry a lot. Survive, some, surviving. Yeah, surviving, trying yeah. to survive. And then going home and getting sucked into different things and peer yep. pressure and throwing parties and chasing girls and doing all that stuff. Totally. And so it wasn't until um, 
my senior year, I felt a call to ministry and it wasn't until after my senior year that I kind of surrendered my life to that call. And now in um, high school, you also made a run at state. Oh my goodness. Like, come on, son. Don't Max. Listen, you're going to bring up Israel and state. I was the eighth or ninth best player and barely played on a state championship. Team. Let's go though, dude. That's a big deal, man. No, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Very, um, very Hoosier-esque. Like, yeah, it was, yeah, small, t- yeah. Small, I mean, town, small town ball. Let's go, It dude. was cool, but I did not have a whole lot to do with it. I would say so? I, was the, I was the life of the bench, though. I was the... Let's go. I was the energy guy on the Love bench it. and in the hotel and all that. But, Love it. That's awesome. Um, late bloomer, I was. I'm a big <laughs> guy now. I was kind of a runt back then, but really skinny guy. What, but anyway, position, what position would you play? Uh, I played shooting guard for my whole life, and then... My junior year, my coach was like, you're 6'2", get in the paint, you're on the pot. Oh my gosh. And I was like, I'm too skinny. Right, Go right. rebound. There and you so go. I would get in and find a way to still make it outside Perfect. and shoot a three and get in trouble. So, um, <laughs> I love it. Max is going to enjoy this podcast so much. I love it. You found a way to bring up Israel. Absolutely, because I know you. Absolutely, yeah, dude, for sure. so much. So, so you sense um, this call, and I think really quick, just to recap, your story, I think, is going to resonate with a ton of listeners, and I resonate with a lot of it um, because that that event to event, that Wednesday night, that once a month, that camp conviction, that all of that, that surviving sort of yeah. – anytime the presence of God was equated with conviction, like it was always that conviction because there wasn't that surrender there. But then you're saying kind of senior year towards the end of high school, something, there's like a call now. There's there's something yeah. different that's going on. Tell me about that. Yeah, well, I figured out a couple of years into high school that maybe I wasn't going to the NBA if I couldn't, <laughs> if oh. I couldn't crack the starting oh, lineup on my, on my 2A basketball team. And so then my, my thoughts shifted because it was always sports to me. And sure. I, I thought, um, well, I'll just be on ESPN. I'll be a, I'll be a sports journalist. That's what I'll do. <laughs> and, um, I love and this. so I was, and I was into writing and stuff. And yeah. so I thought like, this is what I'll do. And I'd been in a couple speech contests and nice. stuff, whatever. And so, um, I'm like, okay, I'll be a journalist. And then, yeah, I went to this camp and they, Actually, uh, they offered another camp. They're like, hey, if you're really serious, there's a discipleship camp you can go to. And I was like, I want help. The elite I need help. Camp. Yeah, yeah, the elite, the real Christians. Everybody's already saved at this yeah, camp. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> done saved. We're not playing games. We're studying the Bible. Yeah, yes. so um, so I went to that camp, and it was at that camp that like I wanted, I realized, like, oh, I want to be a youth pastor. And wow. I think really that was partially like God speaking to me, and it was also me just like looking at these men that we're doing that already Ooh. and being like, I want to be like them. Wow. And that's no disrespect to the men that were in my life, my no, father, no, no. my coaches, yeah, whatever. Sure. But um, most of them were good men, but they weren't living for Jesus. And I saw these men that were cool, but they also yeah. loved Jesus. And they were, you know, I don't know. I just, there was something in that. Yeah. In what the, I hear here is, and I think it's really important to talk about is the first encounter was sort of the path to conversion, whatever, if you want to call it, which is massively important. But then you went beyond that and saw the really mission and purpose of the church, which is discipleship. Yeah. You saw men that were disciples. Yeah, absolutely. Which is a game changer, which is super important for us who who are listening to remember. Like in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, Jesus said, go and make disciples. Yeah. Not go and make converts at camp in that one week. Well, yeah. and, and listen, evangelistic events and stuff are super important, the casting of the net. But we're so important. Yeah. I don't get to that point without those. hundred percent, but we're playing the long game here. Right. And that was, I think for me, it was like, okay, I've tried just, you know, drumming up the strength to 
follow Jesus off of one week of camp for a whole year like to, to try to let sure. that f- fill me up or whatever. And so, but then I'm looking at these guys and I'm like, they're doing it. They're yes. really doing it. So I want to be like them. I want to be God around them. Shout out Darren Poe, Brad Keller. I want to I want to be like them. I want to love my wife like they love their wife. I want to love Jesus. I, I didn't necessarily want to preach. Sure. I didn't necessarily sure. want to do that stuff. I just wanted to like... They were the, loving people yeah, very well. Yeah, I'm just like, I want to be a guy like that. And so that was kind of part of it too. And so I was started thinking like, okay, well, I wanted to write and I wanted to do this and kind of spread sports news and all that, like maybe. And so I started feeling called to be um, a youth minister. And that's yeah. when I started, you know, to start to make some choices. I didn't make 100% great choices, yeah, but sure. I started to make choices. Then you get out of high school and it's easier, right? You, I wish I would had been a better disciple in high school, but after high school, you kind of can choose who you hang out with. Yeah, sure. And that was a time where, you know, you lose some friends, you lose some whatever, but um, you pick who you hang out with, you pick who you're around. I started working at that camp like four weeks every summer nice. just, just to try to be around it, soak it up. Absolutely. You know? And so, so, yeah. So how do you get from there to Popper Bluff? Oh, okay. So um, I had, you mentioned James River earlier. Yeah. I had this plan. They used to have a thing called James River Master's Commission. Now it's James River College, I guess. But it was like a year long intense discipleship thing. And I, I had planned to go to that and then go to Central Bible College in Springfield. Okay. My pastor at First Assembly. So I stuck at that church that I went to camp Amen. with. Absolutely. Um, my pastor was like, hey, um, I kind of have this plan for you uh, to be full time here at the church in a few years, but you're 18. Wow. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I want to kind of get you ready for that. And so yeah. he, he was like, I know you got these plans, but if you would consider staying, we'll bring you on part time as like an associate pastor and we'll put you through some Bible college classes and everything Bro, else. And so can we hold on a second? Can we shout out that pastor? What was his name? James Bolin. Yeah, man. Listen, and again, I think with us being pastors, and, and, and we'll get to that in a minute, there's budgets, there's committee meetings, there's like five-year vision plans, there's all these buzzwords. And at the end of the day, you're sitting at this table telling your story because there was this pastor that was like the next generation. Right. Like, like, like I've got to roll the dice on the, that. Like, that's how I feel about the first church that hired me. They like yeah. rolled the dice yeah. on this young kid. And, and to never forget that people are the point. Yeah. Like, and to invest and do that. I love that, man. I love that. Yeah. So, so, so this pastor's like, yeah, so he hired I me. Potential. I, I was like, Hey, no student loans. That sounds awesome. So right. I, um, I took the job and I probably wasn't great at it, but he hired me. Um, and then, and the youth group was doing well. And, you know, I was involved in that. And then, you know, he went through a transition. He left a few months later. And sure. I was like, what do I do? Right. So I stuck it out till we found another pastor, which was like nine months later. Okay. And the next guy, poor guy, inherits me. <laughs> Imagine you're a new pastor and they're like, Hey, here's your associate. He's 18. He's here's got, the he's kid got, we rolled the dice on. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's got, he's got acne, you know, ha, have fun with this guy. And, <laughs> and so obviously like it wasn't quite the same. I don't sure. think he, he probably didn't see me the same way. I didn't see, you know, whatever. Different it, visions. Yeah. Different thing. And so somewhere in that mix, I started dating Brooke, who's my wife now. Shout and for, out to shout Brooke. Shout out to Brooke. And so Amen. for about a year, we went to different churches. I was still at Elsinore First Assembly. She was down here at Poplar Bluff at oh, Bluff First. Okay. Okay. And uh, been here since she was like 10 or 11. Her mom was on staff at the church as a secretary. Yeah. um, So we were going to different churches and eventually it just kind of became obvious. I needed to do something different. I was working at Hibbit Sports. Let's go. Slinging shoes. Part time at the church. Oh yeah. Using using that. Keeping that employee. Let's go. Working for shoes. Me and TJ have a bond here because when I was in college, I worked at Champs. And so a hundred percent of my paycheck went back to champs. Oh yeah. I mean, it was like- And Burger King uh, value menu. Or yes, yeah. the, the food court in the mall. And that was yes. just a hundred percent what it was. Yeah. And I was buying retros 
and it wasn't that it wasn't a thing. Right. But now they it's weren't. A, you retros. can't get them. No, yeah, right. I mean, it, they were retros, but they were one hundred twenty dollars. And apparently, and you could get them. Air Force Ones right now are back in style. Oh and I, yeah, I remember an Air Force One being sixty five dollars. Oh yeah, I I was wearing all white low top white girl Air Force Ones the first time I met my wife. They're a bill now. Now they're, yeah. My senior year from all, all the guys wore the white high top with the strap and our Nike check mark was the color of our tie and vest. Mm. So it was all white. That's it was, glorious. It was a FUBU tux. I was about to say, I wore a FUBU Let's tux. Go, son. I ripped the knees a, out of my FUBU tux sliding across <laughs> the dance floor because I didn't have any dance moves like you Let's have. Let's go, dude. Pastor Jason's a Let's great go. dancer. So yeah, so um, and, and mine, and I just need to say mine was all white with pink. Okay. So okay. yes. Yeah, so that's oh, yeah. just I can see that vibes. I can see Kevin that. Federline. Mm-hmm. Hey, Fed. Totally. <laughs> I can totally see that. And Let's I don't go. think vaping was a thing, but you would have been vaping hard back then. So it hard. Been. I would have had the pen. I would have had the <laughs> yeah. mods. I would have had everything. Look at what God can do. Amen. Look at you. Amen. Bro. Um. So yeah, I'm working at Hivitz. I'm helping at my church, but it became obvious like it's time to move on. And Brooke had something I had never had. We always had these amazing, you know, ladies and volunteers and stuff yeah. that would lead our youth group at Elsinore. But she had down here at Poplar Bluff a full-time youth pastor. And I was like, man, I could learn from it. Like, here's a chance to get sure. up close to one of those types of guys. Like, sure. I could learn from him, Matt Davis. And so uh, I came down here to volunteer for him. Yeah. And I learned a ton. And a year and a half later, so at this point I'm 21, he leaves now, are you and Brooke married at this time? No, not married. Okay. Not married. He leaves. And I'm like, what are we going to do? You know, and we're thinking right. we're just going to ride it out until we find the next youth pastor. And the pastor down here, Paul Church, took me to lunch and was like, hey, I don't want to start a search for a youth pastor. And I was like, oh, no, like we're not going to get a youth pastor. Right, yeah. And he's like, I don't want to start a church. I want to hire you. Wow. And, and so 21, not married, you know, whatever. Um, they hired me. And then uh, and then he left. <laughs> There's a trend yeah. here. I run people off. <laughs> no, no. He left. Yeah. We got engaged. We got a new pastor that inherited me again. We got married, and I worked for that pastor Dan uh, for like seven years. So, so at this so. point, like you know, even before at the church in Elsinore, all the way up to your tenure there at Bluff First Assembly as a youth pastor, how long before you made your transition? And we'll get to that in a minute into a senior pastor role. How long were you in the student ministry game? Uh, total student ministry. Yes. Game. Okay. So I started and I got right out of high school. Um, and then I was still our youth pastor the first year I was the pastor. So I would say total is about 13 years. Let's go, like dude. That. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. And there's something about, and I think you'll relate to this. Like I, you know, I'll speak at some camps and do some stuff and be involved in student ministry. And man, there's still a pool there. Oh yeah. Dude, there, because kids I always say this. If, if you want to know what the culture is, you just hang out with, with students, with teenagers, yeah. and especially today with iPhones and Snapchats and yeah. sort of everything like that. But like, I loved the engagement with the culture and then the brutal honesty. Yes, absolutely. A hundred. I mean, so when there's conversion, it's like conversion. When there's mm. questions, there's questions. And there is, man, there is a love for, um, and, and I, I've always said this, they're not the next leaders in our church, they're current leaders in Absolutely. our church now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. so you and Brooke are married and, and shout out, yeah. you, you can relate to this. John F. Kennedy always used to say, I'm John Kennedy. I'm the one who escorts Jackie around. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. So our Anybody wives, that knows us knows Brooke should be on this podcast. hundred um, <laughs> percent. She's the star. Our yeah. wives bring a level of credibility to us. Absolutely. When people meet us, there's a little bit of anxiety. They meet our wives and they're like, 
okay, I guess there's, okay, right. this is a safe place. He, yeah, he must be okay if he, <laughs> he, if he landed her. Yeah. Yes, and, and so you're there, yeah. and, and you're at Bluff First for, for a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we were hired, I mean, I was there in 06, but hired in 08, and yeah. um, there for a long time, and we, we did not think we would ever have our own kids, and so we're just super available, super accessible. We yes. lived in the church parking lot, you know, right. in the parsonage. And, yeah, kids and just, living with you. Yeah, kids yeah. living with us in and out and, and yep. running vans and picking up kids. And I'm loving it because I'm like, that was me. I was getting picked up and 100%. taking the church. And um, never, ever, 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 ever wanted to be a lead pastor. Yeah. I mean, I looked at that and thought, you know, the opposite of when I was like, I want to be like these guys. Sure. I looked at pastors and not that I didn't want to be like them, but the stuff they had to do. 100%. I'm like, I don't know how to do a board meeting or a, or make a decision about a budget or 100%. air conditioner. I grew or, up. I grew up with my dad being an evangelist and then being a pastor. And I knew what it was like when my dad came home from board meetings. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, no way, man. That's you know maybe I you know when the Lord saved me, I thought I was going to go to seminary and travel and speak or do something like that. A hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. So I didn't want to do it, and so you know the the trend in my story is people leave, right? <laughs> So, but no, Dan and Diane stayed for like seven years, but they, they, they felt the transition coming and it was a tough time for our church. Um, and they left and my wife was like, Hey, you could do this. You could be the pastor. And actually Dan had asked me, have, yeah. you, have you ever thought about it? And I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> not well, really. Well, well, one of the things I want to interject is I met you, you know, I came to Popper Bluff, hired on at a church to be a student pastor. Yeah. I met you. I think we did like the rethink event and some stuff like that. Yeah, shout out, faith, shout yeah. out to the rethink event, fields of faith, all that good stuff. But one of the things that I saw in you was a, a longevity in student ministry. So all the best youth pastors that I knew did, you know, a couple things. The first one was there was a long tenure at the church they were at, and they also raised up student leaders. They also like allowed kids to preach on Wednesday nights. They did stuff like that. Yeah. And you were doing all of these things. And I saw the way that you were loving just this local church, not just the students in the church, but I think through your connection with the you know, your wife and her family, you really loved this local church. And then, so the opportunity presents itself for you to kind of mind the gap. Yeah. So we, yeah, I didn't want to do it. And my, my, you know, my wife was saying you could do it and whatever. And so when my pastor left, um, I really felt like the Lord told me to turn in my resume, which mm. didn't exist. I didn't have a resume. Yeah. I had never applied anywhere else. Sure. I didn't apply when I got hired there. I didn't even have a resume. Yeah. So I put one together and I turned it in and I think I surprised my board. They're like, what? Yep. <laughs> you know, cause I'm 29 or yep. whatever. And um, honestly, I thought it was a step of obedience that was gonna come out with a different ending. I thought I was supposed to turn that in for closure Ooh. and God would hire someone else and yeah. I would move along to kind of like whatever was next. Yeah. The fleece. Yeah. You were gonna Honest, fleece I mean, it. and let's be real. Like there's a couple of churches in town, one of them being West side. Yeah. I thought I might wind up there. I sure. might go help Jason, you know, I don't know what's next. And that's and so, still on my prayer request <laughs> to the Lord. But anyway, that's yeah. a different podcast, uh, different podcast. So <laughs> I, um, so I was like, I don't know. And so they, they talked to me and they're like, Hey, are you, would you be interested in being our interim pastor? Yeah. And I said, well, it depends if I'm a candidate, I think you should get a different interim. If I'm not a candidate, sure. I'll do anything I can to help the church. Such a wise decision. And they were like, what you, are you interested? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And so we got an interim. He was great. Three months it challenged us. And then he left. They still didn't know what to do with me. And they were like, will you be the interim now for three months? And <laughs> right. I was like, sure. And at this point I'm still like not knowing. What, sure. what God has. And then the first Sunday 
uh, that I was the interim pastor, which I'd already been preaching, but it, it was different that Sunday. Amen. My heart, like the Grinch, you know, just mm. grew three sizes. It just changed. And yep. I was like, I went home and I said, oh no, <laughs> now I want to do this. Now what do we do? God and gave so, you a heart for the people. Absolutely. And, and I want a bigger heart for the people. Right. I want to pause right here. I think when we look at obedience and, and opportunities, I think oftentimes the way that we think that God works in our lives is God will show us like these three options and then we need to pray and discern and then there will be flashing neon signs above <laughs> right. one option and then we'll go and do that. But yeah. the way that God always works is God presents an opportunity, doesn't show you the outcome, and he shows you the outcome through your obedience. Right. And so, you know, what we say yeah. all the time is maybe the answer to your question is on the other side of obedience. Absolutely. Which is called faith. Yeah. We walk by faith and not by sight. And not you know? by sight. God's yeah. will is not just this like clearly lit path. You and know, then it's secondly, one step at a time. I so. think your connections to the church were so highly relational. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's what makes the church of Jesus Christ so much different than you know Fortune 500 organizations or this, that, and the other, that it's about people. Again, it's about relationships. It's about loving people, spending life, and doing all of that. So you step in this position, and, and, just, and, and, and I know that you don't like doing this, but I think it's very important. Just the condition of the church was was smaller it had yeah, you know through you the know, years dwindled down a yeah, little bit yeah we had gone through a tough season yeah and you know um my my pastor had gone through a season where his physical health was sure. struggling and then you know there wasn't one thing to point to no yeah, no, sure. no no it was but a so, season. so then a few people start leaving and that's like that's sad and yeah. and and you can feel that in a church like when momentum is 100% yeah you know people are leaving it's depressing and yeah. so so it was tough. Yeah, we were down to, you know, probably 50, 60 people. Yeah, and, and now um, and now, just today, kind of pre-COVID, you guys are two services? Um, coming out of COVID, we went to two services, yeah. And yeah. that was, you know, we wanted to do that, but it kind of allowed us to do some social distancing and yeah, stuff. Sure. But really, it helped us because people can serve yeah. and still attend and everything. And, and, now, so, and now a Sunday attendance of... I know you're going to do this. Um, yeah. You know... Uh, 250, yeah. 260, you know, somewhere in there. And, and we, listen, I, I understand. Yeah. Um, people say numbers don't matter. And I'm like, well, God wrote a book of the Bible called Numbers. <laughs> called so there's numbers, that. Yeah. And in Acts, they kind of count everybody on the day of Pentecost. Sure. Th there's fruit there, bro. Yeah. That's what I'm Absolutely. saying. God Absolutely. Gave you, God's been good to us, man. God's given you this it's vision. Way bigger than way bigger than me. So A hundred percent. So so I want to ask you this. Now you're in this lead pastor position. God's given you a bigger heart, maybe now a, a shepherd's vision. Yeah. Like, like now you've got a vision for this church. What is one thing in Popper Bluff, you, you've been in rural environments, you're, you're well-educated when it comes to church and having relationships with churches like James River and this, that, and the other. What, what gets you up in the morning now? Now, now you're lead pastor, their staff, you're seeing fruit, what gets you up in the morning as yeah. TJ sort of lead pastor? That's a great question. Probably my month old son first. Yeah. That's <laughs> his, cool. His cries, his cries, you know. Um, Spoken like a true Or my parent. daughter, you know, I love waking it. up for snuggles. So, yeah. um, no, um, man, I'm just, there's so many people that need Jesus. That's not, that yep. work is not done. And I know that work will never be done. Yep. But that's still what it's about for me. And I, for a long time, um, dreamed of like a church that I wanted to be a part of, that I wanted to be, I wanted to be excited to get up and go to. I wanted to and be invite excited your friends and invite to. your friends to. And, yep. and, um, 
hoopla first, you know, is not perfect at all. Mostly because, you know, I'm the pastor and then, you know, there's fellow humans there, but um, it's not perfect, but man, I love it so much and I'm so excited about it. And our people are so hospitable and they're, they're messy, but they love people and they welcome people and bring people and like, we have really, we honestly, we don't market ourselves that well or advertise that well, but people just bring people. And Amen. so, um, I, love I, it. I just, you know, I just want there to be a church that anybody can walk into and find the hope that's in Jesus, you yes. know, like I did. And I think that's maybe, maybe one of the advantages I have of, you know, I'm not really formally trained. I don't come from this great lineage of pastors, you know, I'm a trucker, sure. trucker's son or whatever, high school diploma, Elsinore, you know, bunch of years in student ministry. Um, I think that maybe the one advantage I have in that is just, I remember what it's like to not know anything about the Bible. I remember what it's like to be nervous to walk into a church. Yeah, And so mm. I try to keep that person in mind when we're doing everything from the yeah. way we lay out our building to the songs we sing and the yep. way that we preach and, and the way that we dress. You I are, mean, you are by far probably one of the most intentional people that I think that I know when it comes from a logo or, or everything that you just said, you are constantly keeping that in mind. And I love that Spurgeon used to say that in his preacher's college, he didn't want the ivory tower education that he wanted the plowman's sons. Mm. And the plowman's sons was just the common job. It was the, yeah. it was the everyday life of people, man. And you absolutely have, have that. And also know the burden of a rural environment. Like yeah. Popper Bluff is getting bigger. We got a Starbucks, which is hey, bananas. Hey. I mean, that's nuts. And so, but we drink Foxtrot coffee. Oh. But anyway, anyway, just- <laughs> I drink know. both, so. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. But, um, and so with, with leadership also comes not just what gets you up in the morning, but what keeps you up at night. Yeah. Right. So those are, that's the way the pendulum of leadership swings. Absolutely. What gets me up in the, and oftentimes there's, there's a similarity um, between those two things. You talked about passion. You talked about, you know, thinking about that person who's nervous of walking in church, someone you remember what it's like to not know the Bible and, and to connect with that person. What's something that, that keeps you up at night in, in your position of leadership? Yeah. Well, you're right. It's similar. I mean, I just think about all the people that are out there and we just have this little corner, right? I mean, Butler County, whatever. I think in Butler County, there's 24,000 plus that have zero religious affiliation. That's not counting people who occasionally go to a church and maybe don't know Jesus. Just people who don't have a church at all, don't have any, would not claim any. That's the people who even just filled out the census. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So 24,000, right? So, like, okay, we have 250. Yeah. So what? Right. There's so many people that don't know Jesus, don't have a good relationship with a Christian, haven't heard a, a, a real, I mean, everybody around here has heard about God and heard about Jesus maybe, but a real yep. presentation of the gospel. Yep. And so I think about the people we haven't reached yet, but I also think about the people that, man, just slipped through the cracks. Yeah. That kills me. The person who did come and maybe somebody didn't greet them or, yep. or my sermon was bad that day or whatever, yes. and, or they had a need and we didn't reach it. And, and, and I know you can't be perfect. You can't bat a thousand at this thing, but I just want to, yeah. you know? And well, you you definitely, when we look at the spiritual gifts and a shepherd being a word that's used for a New Testament pastor, you have a shepherd's heart that on Sunday morning, when the sheep are gathered, you you definitely want to know their names. And, and you are definitely a pastor to pursue somebody and to do that, which I think is a trademark of the local church, right? That's supposed yeah. to be what it is, man. Yeah, I appreciate that compliment. Um, 
I do think I have a shepherd's heart, but thank God for people around me that are better shepherds than me. Cause Amen. I'm a little, you know, ADD. I'm a little easily distracted. I am always chasing that new person, Sure, but, um, I'm not always great at, at being able to keep up with everybody's lives and do that like pastoral care stuff. And, sure. and, and so I've got, you know, I've had people on my staff. Max was great. I've had people on my board. Um, I won't start naming them or I'll get myself in trouble. Right, right. Somebody out. But I have people around me that are even better at loving people than I am. Amen. And that lets me kind of, you know, I could still be out there and trying to meet people and introduce myself. And that gets harder as a church sure. gets bigger. Sure. Um, I love that. I love meeting people. You're good at um, building a team when it comes to that, I think, for sure. I, I appreciate that. I don't know if I'm good at it, but God is God has definitely been generous towards me as far as bringing people into my life and my church that are better than me and gifted differently than me. Amen. And, um, you know, Amen. and you're you're one of those people. So like we've been talking about me. Let's flip the script. Like, oh my gosh, Jason! Yeah, no. Jason yeah. loves the word, man. Every day sends me a book I should read, and I'm like, how, how did you read that? Are you serious? How did you read that book today? There's no way you read that book. It wasn't you today. Have, it wasn't. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. at some point, you're sending as many books as there are days, so I have to believe <laughs> that you're reading a book a day. Um, no, man. No, but no. but just such a good student of the word, such a good, you know, again, lover of your church, lover of your people, and uh, lover of other churches, my church. I mean, you know, you don't have to do this. And so I'm glad to see that the 50 you. bucks that I gave you before the podcast is paying <laughs> off. No, but yeah, you got to come up with 50 and 20 for Roman and like, you're going to yeah, be right, right. Give him a raise. I want to ask you this. You're, you're somebody who is um, definitely um, apostolic. You talked about chasing that new person, but not just that new person, but I think you're definitely an uh, innovative person. And in light of COVID, that kind of just was this thing that yeah. happened. I believe that the church, that the local church is not giving enough shout outs about COVID. I mean, this is the one organization that meets weekly. Like, I mean, think about a town like Popper Bluff, yeah. okay? Um, th the local churches in this town are the only organizations that have hundreds of people that gather weekly. So when it was talking about you can't gather in large numbers, yeah. you can't, I mean, the, and to see these churches, to see these little churches like off of OO Highway, learn how to Facebook live. Right. Dude, I love, I just shout out to the local church. I know, yeah. I know the local church gets, you know, a lot of criticism and I get that. I understand that. But to see this organism shift and change and adapt yeah. to the times, I, I was blown away personally. Oh, yeah, man. It's so impressive. Yes, um, absolutely. And out of places you don't expect. No. And, yes. And, you know, you know, they say that like necessity is the mother of invention, you 100%. know, and, and I think we saw that with the local church. And, and let's be real, the churches that didn't adapt. Yep, and didn't change and didn't pursue anything like they they might be struggling, but we've seen we've seen at our church like we've had. I mean, I hate to say it this way because you know I know there's been serious things happen sure. through COVID and everything else, but you know, 2021 is one of the best years we've ever had. Yeah, I want you to talk about that. And and what I was going to ask was, what have you seen that's that COVID had? And what I I don't mean just the disease. I mean sure. everything getting the shut down. The, yeah. yeah, all of that stuff. How did that affect Bluff First and? you know, kind of what you said, this fruit that you're seeing in 2021, what yeah. are some things that you as a local church are meeting the needs here in Butler County? And, and what are some things that you guys are doing well? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, COVID prov provided opportunities to make changes. I think that 
maybe otherwise you'd have to tiptoe around some things or be, you know, whatever. It yep. was like, everything's different. So it might as well be different. Yeah. We're changing so everything. We were, yeah. So if we were starting things, if we were getting rid of things, if we were, you know, I mean, there's always the joke about churches and moving the piano. We <laughs> sold the piano literally. So, so, right, uh, yeah. you know, we, we, we made some changes to our facility and to our service structure and to everything else, but we, we scaled back. And I think like, families have scaled back. A lot of people have gotten used to being homebodies and, and you know, yep. maybe maybe some commitment levels are lower to some things. People are afraid to whatever. But I think with that extended time, maybe there's some people still like, hey, enjoying staying at the house and, and putting puzzles yeah. together. But a I've lot of people- I've got some thoughts people, about those people, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people, yeah, two extroverts talking about this. That's going to go well. Yeah, right. Um, but a lot of people, I think- came out of that starving for community. Yes. And so for us, like we, you know, we changed our small group structure. We used to meet every week. Now we're like, okay, let's meet twice a month. Yeah. Let's, let's you know, because we do know there there is some reluctance for people to jump all the way yeah, back sure. in. So we want to kind of meet them in the middle. Yep. You also but, talk about how you have these different groups. I really like the way that y'all's small groups are structured. It's different than Westside and yeah. I love the way that you do it. Well, talk I love about the that. way that you do it. So I think like the weaknesses of your structure are the strengths of ours and the, and vice versa. Our so, weaknesses are probably your strengths. So, so what so. you're talking about is a merger. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Westside bluff first dot. Might TV. as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might as well. Break Nobody it. knows where bluff, everyone thinks that, and shout out to these guys. I love them. Everyone thinks we're the bluff church anyway. So right. we might as well be West bluff, whatever. <laughs> I love it. Um, and, and listen, if you're listening to this and you're in Popper bluff, you're cracking up in your car or ever you're listening to this. Cause you know, everything we're saying is true. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. That's hilarious. Yeah. So bluff first is next to American superstores. We do not meet in the holiday and we are not the bluff church anyway. There you go. Awesome. So they're great. But um, yeah, so we, have a free market approach to small groups. I like that. What we're missing in that maybe is some depth of discipleship that I think your community groups at Westside do have. And I, I'm envious of that. The perks of our approach is that it's very easy to meet new people. Yes. And in a, in a growing little church like Poplar Bluff, especially when you go to two services and people feel like, I don't even know you go here. I didn't, you right. know, whatever. Small groups are opportunity for people to get, to get together around anything and get to know each other. Brooke and I, one of our like life verses, First Thessalonians two eight, um, we loved you so much that we share with you not only the gospel of God but our lives as well. Yes. And so share life is a value at our church. And so we have we definitely have small groups that are traditional like Bible study yeah. small groups or whatever. Got a group right now that's meeting. They talk about stress. That sounds like a stressful small group to me. But um, <laughs> but yeah, you didn't hit. The I pad. got the sound. You got. Uh, see, I, I don't, you know. don't even know. I don't know. Okay. I can't do it. So, um, but we have groups that meet and play disc golf. We have Love groups it. that meet and walk at the, ladies that walk at the park. We have, you know, a mommy and me group. Yep. We have a young adult, you know, whatever. Our whole thing is like, whatever you do already, short of, you know, maybe yes. something sinful, <laughs> whatever yes. you do already, invite other people that want to do that and, and call it a small group, pray together, get to know each other. Yeah. The point is relationship to us. The point Amen. is not knowledge transformation or, you know, transferring right. information, but, but the transformation that comes through relationship, life change happens through relationship. My story was not 
Yep. This, this sermon and this song and this book changed my life. It was Georgina and yep. this pastor and this friend that invited me. And so I love, and, and I just want the people listening to this, because I think the people that listen to this podcast are obviously involved in a church, um, you know, because they're listening to this podcast. And oftentimes people are wanting to grow their walk with Christ. They're wanting to serve. They're want you know, God does something in their yeah. heart. They have that conversation with their lead pastor. You know, I want to get involved. One of the best things that a pastor can tell that person is, and what we say at Westside is, is to be missional, is to be intentional. Yeah. So if, Open your table. So if you watch the UFC fights every two weeks, be intentional at the fights. Yeah. Invite the guys to Buffalo Wild Wings, but also maybe in the conversation you drop, hey man, I knew that you were, you know, that you applied out at Briggs. Can yes. I be praying for Just you about for that? People. Yeah. Yes. Kerry Newhoff has a quote. He says that 98% of pastoral care is having someone who cares. And then mm. there's 2% you might need a pastor for. Yeah, 100%. So, so it's not something that your pastor should do as far as caring for people and yep. caring for your coworkers and caring for like you as a believer in Christ, like you have been given this sphere of influence. Yep. Utilize that you know, for the gospel and for the church without being corny. A hundred percent. So share, like, I'm share that other quote though. And, you know, I want to, you shared with me going to two services, especially in a rural community. You shared a quote with me. I think it was from Carrie Newhoff about everybody feeling like they need to know oh, everybody yeah. in yeah, their church. Yeah. So our goal is not to be a church where everyone knows everyone. Our goal is to be a church where everyone is known mm. by someone, you know? Bro, that's a sentence. And so that's the only way that you can scale, right? That's like it. That's the only way you can... If there's 24,000 people who don't know Jesus, the church has to keep growing. What we say all the time is, is the bigger... What makes this so difficult is the... And it's what we said when we went to two services. The bigger we get, the smaller we must become. Yeah, absolutely. Chris Hodges always says the church has to go bigger and smaller at the same time. At the same time. So that's 100% true. And I think that... You know, it's easy to get comfortable and want it to just sure. be like, you know, and it would be fun. I would, I would have a lot of fun just pastoring, you know, 20 young couples my yeah, age or whatever. Um, but that's not the mission of the heart of God. You yeah. know, to just stay, you know, the church, sure. the church ought to grow. And yeah. so, um, I want to transition. I want to, yeah. I, I love you as a leader. Um, but I think more than anything, you are, um, one of my closest friends and you've got, you're married, you've got two kids now. You are in, I mean, you and I, I mean, w when you look at us at the Rethink event or at Fields of Faith all those years ago, like, and, and to now, there's so much life that has happened. What's the Lord showing you? I mean, you're, you're a father. Yeah. Um, what's, what's God doing in your heart in this season in your life? Yeah. Well, you know, um, my wife and I, again, did not plan to have our own children and we had teenagers in and out of our home. We were foster parents. Um, my son Dalton, you know, we got him when he was 14. He just turned 20. Yeah. And Dalton's 20? He's 20. Oh my goodness. He's 20. Just started at WW Wood. Let's go. He's learning how to really work. Shout out to Dalton um, and his chains. Yeah. I love it. Yep. Yep. So he, uh, <laughs> you know, I think in that season, God was showing me a lot about, um, about sonship and adoption and, mm. and that, that part of the heart of God. Amen. Um, but it is different with, with babies. It's not, it's not better, different, it's just different. Yep. And so to have this little girl that mm. has just, you know, captured our hearts so much and to have this, you know, newborn son now, um, that we never thought we would have, yeah. uh, man, I, I'm a, I'm a mess now. Like I, <laughs> I, I'm not an emotional guy. I love it. I'm not an anxious guy. 
I'm not, uh, you know, whatever. And those, those two, um, and Dalton too, have made me to where I'm just a sap now. I yeah. cry. Changes perspective, I, yeah, bro. I do. And I empathize with people differently. Mm. And I, I, when I look at someone, I'm like, man, um, if they grew up and they didn't receive the kind of love that I give to my kids and that my parents gave me, you know, what is that? Where does that, where does that go? What does mm. that turn into? And it's yeah. easy to look at somebody and go, oh, well, they're an adult. They should be, you know, and you need to do that to be responsible for your life. But I don't know. I just empathize with people because usually you see somebody that's broken. Um, that didn't start at school. That didn't start at, yep. at, at the church. Yep. A lot of times that started at home. One and of the famous quotes is it's much easier to shape a child than it is to repair an adult. Mm. And, yeah. and, and I think, and I know for me, I think when it comes to my marriage, I think my marriage is the number one lane that God is sanctifying me in, oh, yeah. in, in my, in my, you know, love your wife like Christ loved the church. It exposes my selfishness. It exposes all of that. And so in, in, in my marriage, that's the fast track for me. But I agree. I think with my kids over these past few years, really, it has been what I hear often in my spirit is God saying, the father saying, you love them like that. Jason, I love you. Yeah. No, so, it's so funny you say you know, that. I was just about to go down that lane. I was, right. I was tucking my daughter in one night just a couple months ago and trying to wrap my head around the fact that like God loves her more than I do because I love her so much. And I'm like, I believe that. And then I just kind of felt that whisper, you know, that like him saying to me like, okay, not only do I love her more than you love her, but I love you more than you love her. Right. And I'm like me, like, I, I mean, she seems so innocent and so deserving of love. Right. I, I know me. I don't, I don't you know, deserve that, but for him to love me that way. That, that, that passage that we love to talk about when Jesus is like, how many of you, when your kids, ask, you know what Jesus says? You who are evil, right. give your kids good. Like we always blow by that right. part. Like you give your kids good things. But yeah, it's the idea that in my brokenness that God sends yeah. love on me like that. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that's it's a game changer. It is, man. It's a hundred percent. Yeah. And I think I empathize with families better too, because, you know, as a 20 something, no kids committed in my life to the church. It's easy to look at other people and be like, man, I just wish they would commit. I wish they would right. show up. I wish they would never miss it. You know, sure. and then to have t-ball games and doctor's <laughs> appointments and yep. prom and, you know, everything in between with, with a young adult now and then yep. and little ones. And I'm like, we're busy. Yes. And I look at other families and I'm like, all right, I'm going to give you guys a little more grace yes. now. I understand now. A hundred percent, dude. A hundred percent. I love it. Well, listen, I want to transition and ask probably the most important question, but in your personal opinion, why do you think that MJ is the greatest of all time over LeBron? Well, just, just real quick. First off, I think we're wasting oxygen on this podcast because I don't even think it's a conversation. I don't think it's a discussion. I don't think it's wow. close. Wow. Whoa. I know the whole like one A, one B thing. It's right. not close. Right. Okay. It's not close. LeBron's a fantastic player. He is. He's a superhuman. I'm sure he's listening. LeBron. Yes, he is for sure. No, <laughs> LeBron, no if you're listening, you're a great player. You're versatile. You're a great passer. Great defender. You're not Mike. You don't have to be. That's okay. Is it? Does it boil down to rings for you? Is uh, it just no, that simple? No, because that's too easy to dismiss, right? Because a ring is a team accomplishment. Although, let's be real. Like, 
all those rings were on his back, I think. Um, because if it is rings, Tom Brady is without a doubt the greatest quarterback to ever play. Oh, game. yeah. Well, I would agree with that sentence also. I would as well. Yeah. There's people that are maybe more talented, but, yeah. but he's the greatest. But what you're saying is, is that LeBron has not accomplished in basketball I don't think... what Brady has accomplished in football. Oh, <laughs> this turned into a Brady, Brady versus LeBron? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I saying. I would say that. I would say, Dave I would Mack say is LeBron, ready. LeBron is Peyton Manning and Tom Brady is Michael Jordan. Yeah. Wow. I'd say that. That's so, good. So for Jordan, the rings are huge. The defense, and I know LeBron can guard five positions, yeah, but, sure. but Michael was maybe the absolute best defender yeah. the wing has ever seen. You know, unreal. Yeah. And then, you know, not to mention scoring. Yeah. scoring 35 a night when they were allowed to foul and play defense. And then, <laughs> and then I'm that old guy. Yep. And then on top of all of that, just the killer instinct, you oh. know, I just don't think how much did you love the, the last dance Bro, documentary? You know, how it was much. incredible, wasn't it? It was awesome because I loved Michael Jordan so much as a kid. And, but as an adult, you know, it's like, who's still talking about that? You, you got know? married in Space Jam 11. I got married in some 11. I was like, Brooke, you can have whatever you want. I'm wearing Jordans. Let's she go. said, can they be black? I said, they can be black. They I'll can. Yeah. Of course they can. So, um, but yeah, it was cool because it was like the whole country was talking about the 98 Bulls again. <laughs> Your childhood. And, I, and I'm like, I'm like, yes, you guys are here. Welcome. <laughs> yes. Welcome. And then seeing stuff I've never seen and hearing parts yes. of it. I would have watched a hundred episodes. A hundred percent. I think. And. Even not being a Bulls, like I'm a, I was a Bulls fan. I'm a Jordan fan. I have friends that don't care about basketball, don't care about the Bulls, didn't know anything about it. They watched it and they're like, that was awesome. Well, the story, bro. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the storytelling on that was incredible. I just For had sure. to throw that question Thank out you. there because in our friend group, listen, Absolutely. TJ, I love what you're doing. Tell the people where they can find information about your church, service times, what you guys yeah. got going on. I think you guys have a food pantry. Yeah, we do. Um, as well. Yeah. Tell the people where they can find what you're doing sure. and all that good stuff. Sure. Yeah. So bluffffirst.com. Yeah. B-L-U-F-F-F-I-R-S-T dot com. Nice. Um, you can go anywhere on there. You, there's a prayer spot for prayer requests. There's an info spot for all the things about small groups and growth track and all the stuff we do. Um, our food pantry is every first and third Thursday. You can check that out on our Facebook page. Awesome. But um, I think most of your listeners are probably um, going to be at Westside this Sunday. So, Do you guys so, do a Facebook Live and all that stuff? We do. Awesome. Yeah. We typically stream our, our worship and our service at 9 a.m. and then we just stream the sermon at 11 a.m. Awesome. Um, but yeah, man, there's there's a lot of great Jesus-loving churches in Poplar Bluff. Amen. And so if by chance you've checked out this podcast and like, you know, you're intimidated by Jason's greatness um, <laughs> and you would like to be in a more you know, oh, you know, a truck, a truck driver's son is more relatable to you. Um, <laughs> you are welcome to check out. You are, first. I, I, I mean, I, I, and I think I don't realize it, but I mean, I do talk about you. I do talk about your church. I do promote your church. And I, I've said this, like if my kids were like, dad, I can't go to the church that you pastor. Number one, I probably shouldn't be a pastor. I would have to step <laughs> down. But I've always said that I would entrust my kids um, under your leadership. And I think it goes back to, man, and, and one of the reasons why I wanted you on the podcast is because I enjoy talking to you because I know you. I know TJ. And so I know your authenticity. I know your character in a day and age when giftedness and charisma is what drives everything 
And what we're seeing is a devastation of pastors whose giftedness and charisma catapulted them to a place that their character had not yet developed. Um, I'm trying to surround myself with guys like you whose character is very much in line with that, man. And so I appreciate you coming in, brother. You guys can um, check out TJ on all of that information and those platforms that he talked about. If you have a question from today's podcast, um, something from TJ's story, we would love to hear from you. You can shoot us an email at info at westsidepb.org. And if you're a Westside family member, remember we're still in our summer uh, service time where we have one service at 10 a.m. You can check that out on Facebook Live as well. TJ, thank you so much for coming in, man. Hey, thank you for having me. And also, thank you so much for trusting me with your people on Christmas Eve and the Sunday after Christmas. Yeah, dude. That was a wild time for you oh my and, goodness. and for us. And I, I love Westside, man. I do. Well, and I we uh, I, gar- I, I shouldn't say guard the pulpit, but I do. I yeah, mean, I mean yeah, 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 for sure. And um, the pulpit is, is a wide open door for you. TJ stepped in. I managed to get COVID at the perfect time for a pastor. I got it the Sunday before Christmas Eve and our our program, <laughs> all of that stuff. And TJ stepped in and and filled the pulpit and did a phenomenal job. It was well, a I don't big know about deal. phenomenal, but it was fun. So thank you, it was fun. thank it was you, phenomenal. Westside. Thank you, Smart Marketing. We love you guys, man. Hey, thank you so much for listening. And listen, if you need to get in contact with us, shoot us an email at info at westsidepb.org. and never forget that it is all about Jesus. Blessings. <laughs> <laughs>